Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally a polder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And Connor, my goodness, we're into overtime, overtime. with the Supreme Court. We don't have any sports overtime right. to speak of. Although, golf's back, so you can have sudden death. That yeah, would, that if would be you can cool. call that a sport. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't call it the sudden death in the COVID era. No, probably not. You're yeah. right. That's a good point. What and mean, to all could, our, wait you, a minute. Back yeah. up. You're saying golf isn't a sport. I'm a I've big seen golf you fan. Golf. Love playing golf. Love watching golf sometimes. But it's, it's more just, like checkers, you're saying, as opposed yeah, to of football? Of course, it's not like checkers. It is a sport. It's just in a separate, different category than, say, I don't know, tennis or high lie or soccer. They don't let the pros ride carts, you know. That's true. Remember they have guy? to walk. Speak, all 18 holes. Speaking of the Supreme Court, remember that guy, I've forgotten his name, Casey somebody, uh, about 15 years Yeah, he years had some ago. medical condition. He had a he leg condition, ride. circulation. He couldn't really walk the 18 holes. But he could still play. Yeah, he's good enough to be, you know, kind of maybe barely on the on the tour. PGA. And I think it went to the U.S. Supreme Court. And did he win or lose? I believe he lost. I believe uh, they said, bummer. yeah, gotta walk it. Part of the, the game is walking the, the crusty five miles old codgers of the game, Arnie and Ben Hogan and the rest of them said, he should walk the way we walked exactly. back in the 50s I mean, and 60s. Otherwise, everybody would yeah. just take a card. You, you know, that tires you out. That's real. Yeah, what if it's a hot day? It doesn't seem real to me. I think, you know, there's a whole lot more to golf than walking 18 holes. All right, let's take it back to SCOTUS again. Yeah. More important than all this crap they're deciding right now. Yeah, oh, so so they're go- going into overtime in this sense. Normally, they are pretty good about leaving at June 30 and heading for their vacation, July, August, September, and then they're back the first Monday in October. But this year, because of COVID, they got slowed up a little bit. And so they're creeping into July for the very last big high-profile cases. And so they are into overtime. We're going to get into those cases. We're also going to get into the issue of whether we should all be forced to wear masks or whether we should rise up, resist, and die of COVID while standing up for our rights. We're going to talk about whether Joe Biden should dog on it, let the convention pick the vice president. All this business about which woman of color should he pick? Yeah, you know, since you know he's he's barely awoke a, a and let the woke members of the convention decide. We're going to talk about that as well. So uh, before we do, though, I have to say, you know, we we try to take in a movie uh, every few nights here in the bunker, and mm, what a disturbing movie. Uh, Connor's mom and I saw this week, Mr. Brooks with Kevin Costner. And Dane Cook, who you'd never think had an acting career. Such a pleasant, funny man when right. he does his stand-up right. routine. I'm talking Dane Cook here, not Kevin Costner. But my gosh, spoiler alert, folks, he's a damned serial killer. I don't want my Kevin Costner to be a serial killer. I want him playing baseball or being a, a cowboy. You know, it some never actors, should have been made. Why? You, you, I feel like Kevin probably feels like he's typecast as the wholesome father who builds face, baseball stadiums know, for ghosts. I know. That's I'll the be, only role he gets. I'll be a billionaire industrialist who secretly bank murders rolls. people. Oh, Many people. I thought you I were going to say you were going to secretly bankroll Kevin Costner movies. 
to get him back into the wholesome roles you you so miss. Yeah, it was just very disturbing. The other uh, really good but disturbing movie we saw was Fisher King with Robin Williams and uh, a, a Terry oh Gilliam. Gilliam, I don't know how yeah, to pronounce his I, I name. I think it's Gilliam. I'm not uh, sure, but really a remarkable film. But Jeff Bridges was re- amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Every Terry G uh, film uh, is great. Uh, Brazil, Twelve Monkeys. Uh, the Time Bandits. This is, I mean, these are so like stylistically bold and memorable movies that you you obviously they're like they're like Tarantino movies. You know, you you, you can't mistake them for anything else. And this was, I, I felt like this was almost this was if you put a gun to Terry Gilliam's head and you said make a romantic comedy and and you forced him to do it right. and use you know at the minimum of six romantic comedy tropes. He would do this. He would invert all your expectations. He would turn it on its head and uh, blow your mind while he's doing it. It's great. You should definitely go check out The Fisher King. I mean, Robin Williams, how can you go wrong? Yeah, and everybody's got more time for movies now during uh, exactly. COVID. So before we get into Supreme Court, I, I do want to revive our, our fun feature. We used to do, uh, when we were doing the podcast on cable, uh, Moron of the Week, Connor, and uh, mm-hmm. we, we would have candidates. I've just got one candidate just the this one. week, and I don't think I'm going to get an argument Which from you. Which governor of Florida is it? These are the students in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh, okay. Who attended COVID parties. Right. Literally, the theme of the party is we're going to try to infect each other. Right. And the first person who is diagnosed with COVID will win a pot of money that everybody contributed to. Oh, my God. How stupid could these people be? I mean, I I get that it's like horrific for public health, that it's like uh, the the tragic symptom. I'm glad. Of a, of I'm a, glad you of, get that. Uh, yeah. Of a a sewage pipe of misinformation, a fire hose of of garbage trash uh, info that is, is mm-hmm. pointed directly at the American population from right wing media, telling them that this is just the flu, um, or that it's the Chinese, uh, you know, flu, and that it's a hoax, or any number of Did things. Did you almost say kung flu? No, I didn't. No, I okay. did never. Okay. Um, anything that uh, that 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 uh, they can shove down their throats. I get that. That's the tragic tra- tragic outcome, but fundamentally. Fundamentally, what pisses me off the most about this, not that they're killing their parents and grandfathers, and and and, and in addition to that- Although that's bad. Yeah. In addition to that, also young people who also die from this mm-hmm. and have a horrible long tail effects from this. But worse, the premise of the party is mm-hmm. nonsense. It's gibberish. You can't have 100 people go into a room and then give a prize to the first person who was diagnosed- Somebody had to have it going in. That person was obviously the first one to get the the disease, and they deserve the money before the party ever happened. So the whole premise of a COVID party that rewards the first person diagnosed is nonsense. That doesn't make any sense. Like somebody had to have it, right? Yeah, and it's like little, get your thing right, even if you're going to do a stupid, insane, immoral thing. Do it right. You're right. That's horribly disturbing. But also, it's disturbing the response by the officials. They were they were describing it. Uh, these city council people. They said, "Well, we." Thought it was kind of a rumor at first. We did some research, and not only did the doctor's offices confirm it, but the state confirmed they had the same information. We're trying to break up any parties that we know of, they told ABC News. Yeah, adding the infected students are obviously disregarding guidelines from the CDC. Oh, really? 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 So, yeah, they're they're the uh, winners, hands down, of our Moron of the Week prize. All right, let's talk uh, Supreme Court. They are into overtime. Um, Faithless electors. I guess there's a controversy over in the Electoral College. You actually have real human beings that cast the votes. The elector, uh, uh, they are electors. I mean, you think of it as being automatic. Everybody announces the winner on on the election day in in November. But technically, it doesn't happen until they actually get together. I don't get it, Connor. Why should human beings, why shouldn't we just have robots as electors? Either you like the Electoral College or you don't. If it's a bad idea, let's dump it. Yeah. But 
to to let wackos because some of the people that were a state voted for Hillary, he voted for Trump and vice versa. There was, yeah. And then one guy, you know, wants Mickey Mouse. Why do you let human beings interfere with just a fabulous institution? Yeah. So the Electoral College itself is fundamentally broken and immoral. But if you uh, believe in the gibberish that that forms the basis of the Electoral College, uh, there's this idea that back in the 1700s and the 1800s, we, technology was so bad and communications were so slow, information uh, took time to actually traverse the country. The election, and, and then the guy would ride his pinto pony for 12 days to cast his electoral vote, Basically, right? you had uh, electors who were who were uh, chosen, um, who then traveled uh, to uh, to actually cast the ballots, their ballots for president. Yeah, several and weeks later. What if something had happened, uh, were to happen between the date that the electors were chosen and the date that the actual ballots were cast and making someone president? What if someone had come out and ripped off their Hitler mask. Hitler hadn't been born yet, but let's imagine uh, that they ripped off their their mask and it was secretly Hitler underneath. And we'd right. say, oh no, we can't elect him at the last minute. We need our electors to change their mind. What if there's a scandal that reveals that one of the candidates who has gotten a bunch of votes um, shouldn't doesn't deserve to be president? We need a fail-safe at the last minute because information travels so, so, so slowly. Is that a good argument? No, it's a terrible argument. The real reason that there are electors is because the elites were afraid of the masses and they didn't really believe in democracy and they created this system of the electoral college where people could- and That's a bad idea, you're thinking. Yes, of so course. So we should get rid of the U.S. Senate too? We should get rid of the electoral college but because it's shouldn't bad. we get rid of the U.S. Senate too? Yes, we absolutely should change Connor's the U.S. Senate because a population- no, no Senate for Connor. A population-based legislature makes sense and is a democratic idea. This is safety a big valve- D or a little D you're using? A little d democratic oh, okay. idea. Okay. So this is this you know the Senate is all, is another safety valve for obstens- mm-hmm. ostensibly small states, but really uh, establishment status quo conservatives to control. We should get rid of the presidential the veto too, and, right? Eh, okay, no Senate, a, no presidential veto. That. That's a tougher question. Maybe maybe I'm into that. I don't okay. know. I, I just think deeply on that. But the idea of having these democratic uh, these undemocratic safety valves to protect us from the tyranny of the majority, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's an era. It's an idea from a bygone era that that people will make these horrible decisions if they're allowed to make them democratically, and that's how you end up with an electoral college and a senate that the senate's completely broken and doesn't pass legislation when it needs to, and an electoral college that has produced the wrong president like six times in the last hundred and fifty years of American life, and. You would never, ever, 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 ever put up with a system in scoring, say, in, in, in uh, Major League Baseball. Would, would you uh, allow us to have a weird scoring system, a rule where, uh, say, 7% of the time, the wrong team wins? Even though they scored more runs, they I'd, just freaking lose for that. no reason. They put up with 2 or 3%, not 7 You would seven. never put up with 7% or 2 or 3% because it's insane. And the idea that you have some people win the popular vote and lose the presidency because of this ridiculous, archaic system with no logical foundation is infuriating, think, and we should definitely th- get rid of it. You think the Electoral College is a controversy? Correct. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court's abortion decision. Oh my God. But first, because I can barely operate my sidekick, Connor is going to tell you how to rate and subscribe us. <laughs>
I, you're so close to having a sidekick. I, I totally believe it. You, you used a, blue, a BlackBerry before everyone else, but then you never let go of it. Anyway, not the point, not the point, not the point. <laughs> Please, if you're listening to us now, you obviously love us de- dearly, and uh, that means you want to hear us every single week. So go on whatever podcast app you use, uh, you know, probably iTunes uh, version called Apple Podcasts, or uh, if you're on Android, it, whatever else you use, Stitcher, or uh, or a podcast addict, and just give us a five star review. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed on there, and you get notifications um, so that you can hear us every week. And your phone tells you, "Hey, if, only if they pod. think we deserve." Right. If you're if we're star. garbage and you don't like us, then don't do that. Leave us a zero star review. Don't do that. Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. We are back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So we're talking about the last-minute Supreme Court decisions. Uh, they're going to be kicked out the door. One of them has to do with Obamacare and birth control. The little sisters of the poor do not want to have to pay for birth control. And boy, this issue has percolated up and down for years. Uh, isn't that reasonable, Connor? Shouldn't these poor nuns be able to uh, make sure that... Uh, the nunnery doesn't pay for uh, contraceptives and so on as part of their group health insurance? No, because these are important pieces of preventative health for men and women that need to be you know, prescribed. If you, if you work for one of these organizations, just imagine the power that they have over you if they get to say, well, because of our religion— we believe that this is, you know, we're a corporation and sometimes even publicly held corporations, the publicly traded corporations, but we have but sincerely held religious beliefs. you could go become a janitor for, for Satan worshipers if you wanted, right? Uh, there are other jobs out there. Well, saying somebody should leave their job because their employer doesn't provide the right kind of health insurance on moral grounds is a terrible world to live in. Why would we want to live in that world? Why would we want to put the power in corporations' hands to say, you know what? Uh, actually, I have sincerely held religious beliefs, even though I'm a corporation, which is total nonsense. And as a result of that, I don't want to pay for X, Y, and Z. Conservatives love their slippery slopes. This is a slippery slope. Giving corporate power... Uh, the ability to flex and just say, I don't want to pay for stuff that the government says that everyone deserves and should have to, we should have to pay for. What if you have a sincerely held pe- belief in not paying payroll taxes? Is that hand, next? On the other hand, the Roberts court uh, voted in favor of abortion rights just a week or so ago. So wh- what's to worry about? Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and then the Roberts court voted against uh, the, uh, the, the religious freedom uh, in the educational context. So, you know, they destroyed the separation of church and state in, in education, uh, but they left us the scraps of abortion. Fantastic. Those, those we'll wacky see, justices. We'll see which way the wind blows tomorrow. All right. So the last big case has to do with Donald Trump's finances. And I don't know exactly what they're trying to get, whether it's tax returns or or just you know balance sheets or whatever. But apparently the House Oversight and Reform Committee, Don, got it. They want to know if Donald Trump exaggerated his financial condition. Duh. Duh. Is there any, can, we, right. can we stipulate to that, Your Honor, and <laughs> save everybody a whole lot of time? I mean, is it? Re- I guess it is worth a, a big inquiry because the U.S. Supreme Court took it up, and in the next couple of days, they're going to either give good or bad news to Donald Trump. But I mean, really, is, is the future of Western civilization really going to depend on whether Donald Trump fudged on his taxes? No, definitely not. 
And in an era where the world is coming apart at, at its seams in, in every conceivable way, this is a, a path that we know is not going to lead to impeachment again, because even if it did lead to impeachment, the Senate is not going to convict him. He could shoot somebody uh, on Fifth Avenue and the Senate would not impeach, uh, can, uh, vote to convict him. So who cares? Connor, you say we're coming apart at the seams in every conceivable way. Aren't we making more substantial, amazing, enormous progress against systemic racism in the last month and probably? in the last thousand years you know, so you make, you what's a, to complain about you make a really good point but my point being that there are more important issues than whether trump fudged on his taxes because that's not a route to actually improving the world at the moment we've got we've gone there we've done that we've established that and hopefully the legacy of trump being impeached for his you know mis you know bad deeds uh will mean that the next president and the president after that and the president after that uh, will be held accountable. If we actually wanted to pursue Trump to get him out of office sooner, I would totally be in, in favor of that, say, starting a new impeachment process. Yeah, about and this time get John Bolton involved, you know? God. It, about the way that he handled COVID, or hand, is handling COVID specifically, is the most important and pressing uh, issue that would we, we ought to remove him from office for. Now, his support for, his overt support for white supremacists is another avenue that we should remove him for, from office for, but that one's less likely to work because of the white fragility you, in I this country. I think the Republicans and Trump would welcome another exactly. impeachment they effort absolutely because they would. would be able to portray it to the great yes. middle silent majority as overreached by the Democrats. They're at it again. They're not working for you. They're trying to impeach him because he didn't do a great job on COVID. They say, I think that would be a bring it on moment. I for think Trump. COVID is one that, that theoretically we could portray as this is such a very real crisis that we're currently undergoing. And Trump's stated policy by tweet is we've got to, quote, live with it. We've got to put up with it. Grandma, go out and, you know, be a, a scapegoat, be a sacrifice for the economy. Take one for the team. Take one for the team, Grandma, and die. These are your parents Trump is playing with out there, everybody. Parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and everything else. That is so pressing a crisis that we could have a fruitful impeachment movement behind it. But there is also, on the flip side, like five months left. So little time in, or in which to conduct that sort of a proceeding that, it, it, in my mind, there, it's just not practical. Oh, just wait a minute. This is interesting. A tweet just in from the president. Bring it on, Connor Oaks. Bring it on. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, so the final deal is yeah. not an additional case, Connor. It's mm. just an issue having to do with the Supreme Court. And you think what we've been talking about is controversial? Yeah. Traditionally, justices, when it's doggone it, it's time to hang up the spurs. Yeah. They've had a wonderful career. Just what a cap to the career to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. Traditionally, they retire right after the end of the term. So July is a traditional, Anthony Kennedy and right. a lot of other recent. So what happens? What happens if Clarence Thomas says, oh, my goodness, it's been a great run, but I just want to spend more time with my family and all the blah, right. blah, blah business. And so Mitch McConnell says, well, oh my goodness, we're going to get to work. I'm looking at the clock on the wall. We've got July, August, September. October. We've got time to come up with a good candidate. Now, do you think he would have the cojones to do that? Yes, and he absolutely you, what, what would. If you were Mitch McConnell, what conceivable rationale would you give for supporting the idea of letting Trump replace Clarence Thomas now when, of course, in, I think, March of 2016, uh, eight months before the, uh, the uh, Trump election, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell said, no, we're not going to let Merrick Garland go forward. Right. We're going to let the American public decide which president replaces this justice? What could he possibly well, let's say? See. Let's put Can on you my channel, Mitch McConnell. Let, 
let me put on my uh, <laughs> ringtone. Yeah, well, that, Royal. We love Breaking Bad so yeah, much. So that was the final song of Breaking say, Bad. Go right ahead. I'll say if I put on my uh, evil Mitch McConnell helmet, which in my head looks like a diving bell with his uh, skinned face stapled to the front of it for some reason. But that, that's what that's what I would put on, and I would become Mitch McConnell's advocate, and I would say, Mitch, I got some ideas for you. One. Um, we are halfway through a, 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 a an incumbent uh, president. That is, uh, this president's running for re-election. So it's not really the oh, end of, of a. There's we we're definitely going to win, and we had a mandate to fix the the Senate uh, to fix the the federal judiciary. So of course it's the most important thing that we install conservative justices. That's what the American people want, and that's what they voted us into office here in the Senate uh, to do. And I would say uh, make some technical arguments about the ratio of Democrats and Republicans in the Senate and how strong the Republican uh, uh, mandate was moving in. And therefore, as a result of that, oh, also, uh, we got a national crisis, everybody, because we're living in a national crisis. The role of the Supreme Court is more important than ever, more important than it's ever been, certainly more important than it was when Merrick Garland was decided. Because we have a crisis, we need the Supreme Court fully staffed, nine out of nine, instantly, so that they can, you know, rise to the occasion and make COVID-related decisions. You can come up with infinite no, bad, bad faith just, just BS say, arguments. Just, just, just one second. Note right, to self: note send to self. transcript of podcast with Connor's comment to Mitch McConnell. There is no depth uh, uh, that uh, McConnell will not plunge to uh, to to descend. Well, that's to. why the diving bell is necessary. Exactly. There is no uh, there is no bottom to his uh, moral spectrum. He will go as far down as he needs to and be as conniving as he needs to, as he's proven time and again. He's a complete political animal with no moral compass and no sense of right and wrong. He will deprive the Democrats of their Supreme Court uh, picks whilst snatching uh, his own from the jaws of defeat. Somehow, he would do it. He would He would find a way to do it somehow. I don't know how. So there's your Supreme Court update. And when we come back... Not to be a pessimist. Should you be required to wear a mask? Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So should the government be able to tell you you've got to wear a mask? I'm sure all of our loyal uh, Too Many Lawyers listeners are already wearing their masks. Inside, outside, full face masks well, and moon so. suits on top. I hope so. I'm kind of doubling down. I like the plastic shield yeah. on top of the mask. It's it, stylish, it, too. It is pretty stylish. So there's a piece by some uh, senior research fellows at the California Constitution Center at Berkeley Law. It's no longer Bolt Hall, by the way. Because apparently Mr. Bolt was a very bad man. Many people were. Even though he spent gobs of money to create the law school at Berkeley. That is part of why he's a bad man, but go ahead. I guess. It's a uh, law school? Just so, so you know. <laughs> so the, uh, these research fellows uh, are say, you know, uh, the state of California does have a right to do all sorts of things. They can force you to be involuntarily vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They can force you to be uh, quarantined under mm-hmm. some circumstances in your home. And so, you know, it's just a minor inconvenience that you should have to wear a mask during a viral plague. The state can limit otherwise sacrosanct constitutional rights. The problem, Connor, is that uh, some people and some local politicians and some law enforcement officials are ignoring the law. For here in California, Governor Newsom is is saying, you know, you, you really got to do it. Uh, some In some areas, uh, West Hollywood, for example, they are issuing citations First offense, 300 bucks if you do not wear your mask in a situation where you're supposed to. Uh, Newsom has ordered you know, a bunch of establishments to absolutely require it. It's like no shirts, no shoes, no service. 
No and, mask, no yeah, service. Yeah. Same. So do you think the government's on solid ground? It's kind of a no-brainer. Sure, everybody should be forced to do this. Yeah, I mean, we all understand that our freedoms have limits. We all understand that we have the right to drive our car, but not so fast that we might damage other people. We all understand that we have the right to uh, set a firework as long as it's within legal specifications in the right physical places. But we can't set fires in the national park and burn them down. Um, and we can't drive so fast that we hurt other people. And this concept that, oh, well, you know, your rights stop when it comes to my body. Well, of course, this isn't even a debate on that front. Like we have seatbelt laws to just protect individual human people. Those humans are the ones being protected. We have cigarette and alcohol laws to protect children. Well, those are just the individual humans themselves being protected. We're not talking about other people. The mask law is not going to protect you. The mask law is to stop everybody oh, right. from getting well, we the have disease. helmet laws, it's right. Ex- yeah, it's extremely straightforward and obvious and easy. So if you were king, would you get rid of the helmet law? Or would you say, hey, people, I mean, people sure. have a right to it's, be a daredevil and ride their motorcycle without a helmet? Or? No, because I don't think that government is only a solution to collective action problems. Collective action problems being, oh, well, we really need everybody to uh, be on the same page in terms of do we drive on the left side or the right side of the road it infringes on my freedom you won't let me drive on the left side of the road and no, kill myself no run self, head f- straight into people against freedom right go on exactly exactly no send that to mitch mcconnell too i'm sure he'll love it look of course there are laws that are just about coordination there's a category of laws where they call them you know coordination or cooperation laws things like driving on the left side versus the right side of the street these are just arbitrary choices we have to make in our country and they don't you know impede our freedoms in any way even though we have less choice we're actually positively free. That is more free to move about the country because everybody throughout all 50 states uh, agrees, well, we're all going to drive on the right side of the road instead of the left side. If you were not, if you were not, if you couldn't be assured that everybody was going to be driving on the right side of the road instead of the left, we wouldn't be free to drive to Arizona because they'd crash into us and kill us. So obviously a law like this for cooperation's sake increases everybody's freedom in a tangible, obvious, real way that everyone can appreciate. So here's a twist on the mask issue, Connor. See, yeah. see what you think about this. Uh, Lincoln County in Oregon has exempted non-white residents from a new order mandating mask wearing in public uh, in an effort to counter racial profiling. Uh, they say people of color who have heightened concerns about racial profiling and harassment due to wearing face coverings in public are exempt from the order. Uh, ACLU's uh, racial justice uh, program uh, director, Renika Moore, uh, told CNN, for many black people, deciding whether or not to wear a bandana in public to protect themselves and others from contracting coronavirus is a lose-lose situation that can result in life-threatening consequences either way. Really? Is, you think this is a legitimate issue? That is interesting. Uh, That is a very interesting How about just one of these cloth things that you loop over your ears? That doesn't look like you're robbing a bank. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know how many people, what percentage of the population. play one on TV? Right. I don't know what percentage of the population you need wearing masks to prevent the spread of of a disease like coronavirus. But you think it might be okay if people of color just didn't do it? We don't know. Nobody knows what percentage that is. I personally uh, struggle to think that this is... uh, uh, that this is a safe, smart decision because I don't know the numbers and I'd rather err on the side of caution. Or, But I don't actually know. I'm not there on the ground in person. I can see the flip side of it where somebody would say, well, uh, cops are disproportionately stopping and harassing or profiling people wearing bandanas like, you know, 
traditionally gang paraphernalia is a bandana coming in your face. It's like an old timey Western bank robber covers the face with a bandana. And now we're all doing it. I can't imagine that, you know, that that happens that much. But thinking about how often people are harassed by the police, maybe it is. Let's get the perspective. I'm not I'm not there. I'm not on the ground. I'm not making these decisions. It seems like a wrong decision to me. Let's but, get let's get the what? view of Ohio State University economics professor yeah. Trevor Logan. Hit me. He said that enforcing black or forcing black people to wear a mask would be quote basically telling people to look dangerous given racial stereotypes that are out there. It looks like almost every criminal sketch of any garden variety black suspect. He told once again, shocker, CNN. Wow. What are they talking about? What criminal sketches are made of people? Wearing masks. Do you see five people forced to stand in a lineup, each wearing an N95? I don't get it. Well, maybe nowadays you do if you were actually doing criminal lineups, which, of course, uh, are horrifically uh, dangerous and lead to tons of false positives as you prod people towards. They seem to uh, work quite well on TV dramas. They sure do. Everything the cops does, uh, cops do, uh, looks really good in TV dramas, which is why we should Mm, stop watching. Usual suspects. I think Kevin Spacey was able to make fun of the cops. Good point. We should stop watching cop dramas, stop watching cop media because it's all cop propaganda. It's not real. And it just inures us to the ideas of police brutality and racial injustice. Just the facts. put up with it because, oh, all the cops on on TV are so nice. Connor, wait till you watch reruns of Dragnet plus the Dan Aykroyd (laughs) version with Tom Hanks. I'm sure they can start. They're going to start making more better cop shows so that we can actually watch them without, you know, feeling terrible that we're making the world a worse place. Any day now, it's going to happen. As soon as they can start making television at all, so finally, an intriguing idea, Connor. Uh, who's going to be vice presidential nominee with Joe Biden? Well, we know it's going to be a woman. Uh, lots of pressure for him to select a woman of color. I would go to Vegas and bet a lot of money if anybody were in Vegas taking bets. Horrifyingly, that, they're already there and back in playing games. I guess that's true. But I'm, I'm betting he is going to pick a woman of color. Yep. And so some people are saying, doggone it, why not just throw it open to the convention? What an electrifying event. You're sitting up there in the skybox, Joe, kind of dozing away. Let the people on the floor decide which woman of color will be your vice president. Uh, good idea or bad, do you think? You know, it's not a bad idea because uh, it does uh, protect Biden a bit from the uh, the, the vagaries of uh, whatever dirt will be dug up on his candidate. He gets to throw I up mean, his Kamala hands. Harris, for example, what dirt is there? Okay, She's she was a, a prosecutor. She's oh, my goodness. She put criminals in prison. Ooh, we don't want her. Right. I mean, that'll help her reach out to, you know, some non-progressives, it perhaps. Might, but Plus, she's got a lot of street cred when it comes to progressive yeah. liberal ideas, yeah, right? And when you have... Uh, when you have Biden up there, who's got to, you know, make sure his base of, of super liberals comes out, but he also might want somebody who reaches out to the middle, somebody more like Kamala, Kamala Harris. If Kamala Harris re- would reach out to the middle, he then gets to throw his hands up and say, look, I didn't even pick her. The, the convention picked her, you know, the party picked her. It wasn't me. And then people are going to begrudgingly say to him, hey, look, he, he, he's he got a woman of color as his running mate. What more do you want from the guy? He, he didn't make the decision himself. So none of the bad can come with it. But any good she brings does come with it. So he, nothing gets to splash onto him, even if skeletons are dug up in somebody's closet at the last minute. I think that's a powerful strategy. The difficult, uh, the difficulty is you don't get to make maybe your first choice. He might end up with somebody he didn't necessarily want. Yeah. But of course, since the vice president so rarely has an impact on anything, it's not like it's going to prevent him from getting his agenda done. He doesn't have an agenda. So my take on it is that it would be a bad idea for a few reasons. It, First of all, it would generate excitement, but 
do the Democrats really need additional excitement? I think all Joe has to do is keep his head down and, oh my goodness, it's going to be a landslide. Right. So it's not really necessary to add some wild card High element of excitement. Secondly, they might make a big mistake. I mean, in, in their excitement, they might pick somebody, as you were suggesting, maybe they didn't vet them or whatever. It just isn't a very good choice. And finally... It's going to take power away from Biden and the elites who surround him, who run the Democratic Party, who want to help run the nation. Right. And for them to say, oh, you know, let the masses mingling down there, you know, yeah, the, would they the ever mayor do of no. Biloxi right. and all, all of the rest of them, you know, I think they're not going to like the idea. They're never of, going to do it because that of that exact point that it would take away power. What power uh, are we really talking about? Are they flexing that power for good or even for good strategy? Look at the fact they just lost an election well, we're, to we're Donald talk, J. We're Trump. We're talking about the Democrats, so right. they're not going to use the power for good. <laughs> they're certainly not going to use the power for good strategy. They, they, oh, they, put up, okay. they put up Hillary Clinton and they lost to Donald J. Trump. So obviously they're doing everything wrong. Everything imaginable wrong. Like, we can't trust them. I think them, like, flipping a coin would be better than trusting the DNC's instinct for strategy. Uh, so I'm confident that uh, they won't do this because I think it would be the right decision. So we've come to the end of our, our formal list of fabulous topics. But, Connor, I'd like to have a little postscript to the yeah. show here. I'd like to talk about some the technical difficulties that we experienced during the show here. Oh, yeah. First of all, um, Baby Blue. Uh, one of my favorite songs from the, the, the group, Guess Who, I believe, is, mm. is the group. And it's one of my ringtones. And as I mentioned, it was the last song played over the last scene of Breaking Bad. Spoilers. Very dramatic. Yeah. Hardly spoilers. So when something happens on my phone, we hear it, and, and I forgot to turn my phone off. But I will tell you, what went off was something that we were both discovering this week, and that's the miracle of the Pomodoro. Oh, yes, P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. It is a kitchen timer in the shape of a red tomato. And Hence, the word Pomodoro means kitchen, right. or it means tomato. And folks, if you really want to get your time management uh, in order, check out a book. Uh, it's called The Pomodoro. It's by this Italian sociologist, business productivity guy. This is now a productivity self-help podcast. Yeah, and basically, in, in a nutshell, it's you work for 25 minutes, and then you stop, and then you take a rest or a break for five minutes, and then you start for 25 minutes again. And the key is you don't let anything interfere, it, nothing interrupts. So that's uh, I'm starting to love the process, yeah. and that was one interruption. A second technical difficulty we had, Connor, is about halfway through the show. Doggone it! If my microphone cord didn't come become detached, so I may have sounded a little disembodied. And the worry I have is that the words that I uttered when the microphone wasn't connected, yeah. they were heard sort of at half volume through your microphone. And the difficulty is because it was coming through your, your microphone, I may have been making no sense. <laughs> right. That's a that's a yeah. very great danger. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. I said anything a little this off... This is the bad mic. Yeah, if you heard... That's it. It's the microphone. Yeah, the microphone bad. makes me say bad, liberal, dumb yeah. things. So if you heard me say anything kind of <laughs> wacky, uh, it was coming through Connor's microphone. So this has been delightful. Uh, we'll see you next week on Too Many Lawyers. Bye, everybody. Bye.